Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your convenience. November 10th, 2021. Seven topics Bob Chapik must address on tonight's Disney Fiscal Q4 2021 earnings call. Disney is set to report Fiscal Q4 September 2021 earnings after the close this evening. These are the seven key questions and issues we're thinking about heading into earnings. Number one, do you have a Hulu strategy? Hulu has numerous challenges. Linear TV is dying, which has been the lifeblood of Hulu since its inception. Hulu viewership per subscriber is collapsing, as we detailed in our streaming time spent post. NBC is set to shift an increasing amount of its content to Peacock, reducing the content on Hulu. Hulu management has been in turmoil for the past couple of years with a steady flow of departures as it has been unhappily absorbed into the Disney streaming mothership. To make matters worse, with the importance of streaming subscribers growing by the day, the cost of buying out Comcast's 33% stake in Hulu could already be well north of $15 billion compared to the floor valuation of $9 billion. Every day Chapik waits, the cost is going up. Earlier this fall, we wrote that the in-process but yet-to-be-completed retrans and cable network renewal between Comcast and Disney would set the stage for resolving Hulu. Unfortunately, it appears Disney feels no urgency on the Hulu front, with Comcast content to wait for a larger cash payout in 2024. With ownership unresolved, leadership a mess, viewership collapsing, and the need for heavy investment in programming, Disney needs to explain what their Hulu strategy is, assuming they have one. Number two, why is Disney in the ABC, ESPN, and FX business? When Chapik first became CEO of Disney, we wrote that he should spin off ESPN and ABC, essentially reversing the Cap City's ABC transaction. As there is no synergy with the rest of Disney, the pandemic likely made a spinoff impossible. As Disney needed the cash to be able to invest in Disney Plus, given the temporary financial collapse of its other business lines. However, as the pandemic eased, we sensed renewed interest in a spinoff of ESPN and ABC earlier this fall to facilitate a combination with a sports book that could transform ESPN's future and how the business is valued by investors. Just as our excitement was building, news broke that ESPN was looking at a long term licensing deal with a sports book which diminishes the value creation from spinning the assets off to merge with the sportsbook, as we wrote back in early September. We've now heard rumblings that Disney's reconsidering a sportsbook licensing deal for ESPN and might be thinking about an even bigger spinoff of ESPN, ABC, FX, and maybe even Hulu. That said, with Hulu and Comcast ownership and cash liability unresolved and growing, along with no clarity on how Disney would compensate Hearst for the value destruction from severing ESPN from the larger Walt Disney Company, we have a hard time believing this is happening anytime soon. Not to mention ESPN head Jimmy Pitaro said recently, Disney's committed to ESPN. See the Light Shed podcast discussion on this embedded above right. This all begs the question for Bob Chapik. Are you 100% committed to keeping ESPN and ABC within Disney and why? Investors see both ESPN and ABC as secularly challenged businesses, and even FX as best-in-breed cable network is in secular decline. Number three, Houston, your movie strategy has a problem. 
While Disney represents the lion's share of the 2021 box office revenues outside of China, we have to believe you're disappointed by the lack of attendance for Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. Not to mention, box office splits have been far more favorable to exhibitors than in past years for reasons we cannot understand. Low 40s versus moving towards 55 to 60%. Help us understand why shifting to day and date or a short one to two week theatrical window is not the right answer, especially if it enables you to raise Disney Plus pricing north of $10 per sub per month and reaccelerate sub growth. While we believe a 45 day Eternals window is suboptimal, please help us understand why you believe a 45 day exclusive window for West Side Story makes sense. Number four, why is Disney still putting so much high-profile content on linear TV? We simply cannot understand why shows like Dancing with the Stars, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Grey's Anatomy, The Good Doctor, etc. are not Disney Plus streaming exclusives. If Coco Melon can flourish next to Squid Game on Netflix, Disney's siloing of content on Disney Plus is a mistake, not to mention its continued focus on balancing content between its streaming assets and legacy media distribution outlets. The picture-embedded top right of this blog shows the top six trending pieces of content on Disney+, and they skew quite young, with very little to no interest amongst adults. If Disney Plus's goal is to make Disney+, Plus a daily must-watch destination for people of all ages, it is failing miserably. If, however, Disney+, Plus is simply meant to be the new DVD wall, where most Disney content classics sit in the shrink wrap, and are rarely watched, it's doing an amazing job. Number five, is long-term Disney Plus guidance ex-hotstar too aggressive? Back in September 2021, Chapik indicated that Disney Plus would only grow subscribers low single-digit millions in fiscal Q4 September 2021, by far its lowest sequential growth rate to date. We're assuming 2 million fiscal Q4 2021 net ads globally, with core non-hotstar up 4 million sequentially, with Hotstar losing 2 million subs due to IPL timing. See the table embedded below left. Assuming those figures are reasonable, it implies that Disney will add about 20 million subscribers, excluding Hotstar, in fiscal 2021, its second year of operation, versus 56 million in its first year, 2020. Assuming that Hotstar represents 35% of subscribers by fiscal year-end 2024, within the 30-40% to long-term guidance range, it implies Disney needs to add non-Hotstar subscribers at a faster pace for the next three years than 2021 to hit its guidance. See the table embedded below right. While content is clearly ramping and lots of new markets have opened up in the past year, we are wondering if that guidance is now simply too aggressive, or should we assume that Hotstar could be 40% plus of the subbase by 2024? Number six, sports rights in India. Disney has tied its entire streaming future in Asia to Hotstar, which appears reliant on IPL rights, cricket. Given that everyone knows it's a must-win for Disney, with 35% of Disney Plus subs essentially given away with a Hotstar subscription, how should we think about the cost inflation on the new contract and what that means to Disney Plus profitability? What happens if Disney loses IPL rights given what appears to be tremendous competition and joint bidding from your peers. Number seven, how does reduced access to China impact Disney's strategy? Fewer and fewer U.S. films are getting released in China, as the culture ministry continues to crack down on foreign content. Even when films do get released in China, 
Box office has been underwhelming compared to local titles. See our tweet embedded below. Given how important China has been to Disney, curious how you think about your reduced access to the market and how that reality influences your broader content distribution strategy.